Hello, everyone. This is Michael Jaco with Unleashing Intuition Secrets, the podcast. Join us as we reveal how you can become the master of your reality. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Jaco with Unleashing Intuition Secrets. And boy, you know, sometimes we, we jump down the rabbit hole, and then sometimes we jump down the rabbit hole and we go full afterburner. So today, we jump down the rabbit hole full afterburner. So... We're going to be uh, talking about uh, some interesting stuff today, some healing uh, modalities with Jerry Sargent. We'll give you a little bit of background, and then I'm going to let uh, Jerry talk a little bit more about himself. So Jerry Sargent knows about setting oneself free, being a drug addict from a young age and walking a different path, which led to a life of crime and mixing with some of the world's most dangerous criminals. Jerry broke free from this life after a number of life-altering events, a near-fatal car crash a trip to Alpha Centauri in a spacecraft, an encounter with an angel, and time spent in Egyptian mystery schools underneath the Great Pyramids, led him to insights and precious information, enabling him to access and harness a super transformative light healing technology. Jerry, thanks a lot for joining us. And uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, first up, thanks for having me, Michael. It's a pleasure and an honor to be here with you, man. Oh, same. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you uh, decided to come in. Your, your stuff is, uh, sounds fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, my life's been, a, I don't know, a roller coaster, I suppose. Like right now, you know, we're traveling around the world and training people to heal with this extraterrestrial light healing technology. And uh, we've trained thousands of people in over 40 countries. Um, but my life, you know, getting to this point has been, uh, you know, an interesting, an interesting ride. I mean, as a kid... I was fostered, adopted, grew up um, a real angry little kid, you know, angry and hating the world like a lot of us do. And, uh, you know, turned to drink and drugs at a young age. I was really good at sports, actually, as a kid, good rugby player, good tennis player, good football player. And nice. then you know, when I turned to the drink and drugs, all of that stuff kind of went out the window. And um, yeah, I mean, I had a few friends die at a young age. My plan, you know, was I need to get out of this kind of situation. And I decided to go to Tenerife in the Canary Islands. I ended up there through a strange string of events. Mm. But I actually jumped out of a frying pan and into the fire. And, um, yeah, just ended up working for some some high-profile criminals. Um, they were into timeshare and, and all of that sort of stuff. And then that led to drugs and guns and, and different things. And then that led to bank fraud and, you know, stealing money from banks in, in kind of clever and unique ways, which I don't regret at all because, you know, they're the biggest criminals on the planet anyway. So <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, the, my, my life kind of spiraled out of control. And um, I had a few kind of incidences that kind of brought me back on path. And, um, you know, the first one. I'd set up a property business in London with a friend and um, the property business went south. We made millions and then it all went tits up and we got kicked out of our home. And I was on the, on the street with my ex-wife and two kids, like minus 500 grand in debt, like no money, like nowhere to live. And um, that, that's when I went back to selling drugs, actually, for a little while to kind of get myself back on track. And we ended up moving into, um, into a, like some rented accommodation. And I was watching TV one night back in the day when I used to watch TV, you know, pretty much every night. And uh, my ex missus came downstairs and she looked really scared, petrified. And uh, I looked at her and I said, you know, what's up? What's going on? And she said, you know, 
every time I close my eyes, I hear all these dark voices and see all these dark images. And it's, it's really strange. And it feels like something's trying to take me away. And she said, for the last few days, when I've been pushing Alea, our daughter down the road in the pushchair, it's felt like something's trying to make me push the pushchair into the road. And I looked at her and I thought, you know, this sounds like completely bonkers because I wasn't into anything beyond this physical realm. Sure. And, uh, you know, she's my, my, well, she was my wife at the time. And I thought, you know what, there must be something going on. I said, what do you want to do about this? She said, well, you know, I want to call my friend. So she called her friend that was a priest. And this lady comes around our house and she's putting crosses up and she's dousing the house and all this stuff. And, uh, you know, I'm thinking, this is nuts, man. This is like something out of the poltergeist or something. So anyway, she calms my missus down and, and, and she goes to bed and, and nothing else happened that night. And then the next morning I wake up and I went and saw my friend and I said, listen, this crazy thing happened last night. What do you make of it? And um, he turned around to me and he said, you need to speak to this lady. And he gave me the name and a telephone number of this lady that lived the other side of the country. I didn't know who she was. I just gave her a call. Nobody answered. I left a message. She calls me back a, a little while later and she says, what's going on? I said, well, you know, I explained what happened the night before. She said, where do you live? And I said, 316 Richmond Road. She said, hold on a minute. And she didn't, I didn't give her any, any other part of the address. That was all I gave her. Mm-hmm. And then the phone went quiet. And then she said, have you been knocking some walls down in the house? And I said, well, actually, we just we rent the property, but the previous owners have clearly built an extension. She said, yeah, you've got an angry old man in your house. And I'm thinking, what the heck are you talking about? An angry old man? She said, yeah, you've got an angry old man. Something I said to her, you know, okay, let's say there is an angry old man. What am I going to do about it? She said, well, I'll get rid of him for you. I said, brilliant. When can you come around? She said, oh, I don't need to do that. I can do it from here. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking this is getting weirder and weirder. So anyway. I put the phone down, went home, spoke to my missus. And I said, listen, you know, I know I didn't tell you I was going to do this, but I spoke to this lady last night, uh, sorry, today, about what happened last night. And, and she told me that there's an angry old man in the house. And, and Laura, my ex-wife, turns around to me and said, I know, Jerry, I've seen him. So I thought, OK, you're telling me you've seen this angry old man. There's this lady up the road. You know, she's telling me she's seen an angry old man. You've got no common friends. There must be something to it. I don't know what it is, but there must be some element of truth. So I phoned the lady back up. I said, I don't know what you do, but I need to come and see you ASAP. So she booked me in for a past life regression session. Mm. So I drove from London halfway across the country, uh, went up there and she regressed me into a past life. And I was hooked. I was like, this is crazy. I I, I mean, everything was so vivid. So I ended up going and seeing her three times a week for several years. And she kind of became my first teacher. Now, at the the same time as um, kind of meeting her, I I was in Romania um, with my ex-wife and kids. And we went to see my my, my ex-wife's parents. We're traveling back to Bucharest Airport early one morning. And I'm asleep in the passenger seat of a taxi. And... There's this crash and I wake up, the car's swaying from side to side. There's wind in the car. There's glass everywhere. And I thought to myself, boy, we're in a bad accident. We're either going to hit the oncoming traffic or the car's going to flip. And then all of a sudden we came to a grinding halt and and the sun was just coming up. I've looked at the taxi driver. He looked petrified. Uh, I've looked in the back. Alea was underneath the driver's seat. Laura had Josh in her arms. Both their mouths are full of glass. And there's a hole in the windscreen in front of me. There's no other cars on the road. And there's blood dripping down my face. 
but it wasn't my blood. I wasn't bleeding, but my face was sore. And I was thinking, this is weird. What's going on? So I've got out of the taxi. I've looked like 30, 40 meters back up the road. And there were two ladies lying on the side of the road. And I looked a bit further up the road and there was what looked like a dead body. And what had happened is these three ladies were crossing the road early in the morning. The first one got hit by the taxi. She came through the window, smashed me in the face, got flipped over the car and died. Second one had her ankles cut off and the third one was physically okay. So I'm I'm walking up towards these two ladies. A guy's come out from a nearby factory and I thought there's nothing I can do. You know, I mean, she's on the floor. Her, Her ankles are off. Like there's a lady with her. There's another guy. He's obviously calling the emergency services. My consciousness was just fixated on what looked like this dead body. So I've walked towards it. I've got closer and closer. And I got within about 10 meters and I saw this energy just hovering above her body, which I I, I then, you know, knew was her soul. And um, I'm shaking my head, like trying to get it out of my head and it wouldn't go. And then I got closer and closer and this energy just kind of fizzled into the ether. And by that time, I'm looking down at the lady and her legs are wrapped up over her head. She's smashed to pieces. And I remember looking up and just wanting a whiskey and a cigarette. I mean, I don't smoke and, you know, I don't drink whiskey, but it was the first thing that I thought of. It was like it felt like a time to celebrate. It was like the universe had kind of smacked me around the face. And I saw the complete kind of separation and connection at the same time between the physical body and what is actually inside of it. And it was like the universe saying, come on, Jerry, wake up, man. You know, you got to smell the coffee scent. Like, you know, there's so much more to this, this life, this physical form with atoms, with molecules in continuous movement, with space, with energy. So this happened and it felt like a real kind of life changing moment. And then several months passed and my wife was lying down one day on the bed and she said you know i've got a real bad migraine and normally i'd think okay i'll go and get you some paracetamol you know just shove it down your neck and get rid of it but something inside of me said you can take it out so i walked over to her on the bed and i looked at her head and i saw this green energy inside of her so i reached into her head with my hand and pulled it out and it was on the end of my hand and i was like fuck like this is crazy so i, I kind of like just threw it away and didn't think anything of it and she got up off the bed like she didn't have a headache. And I thought, that's a little bit weird, you know, but I just I'm one of those people that kind of just takes something in my stride and just keeps going. I don't really think too much of it, no, but yeah. I'm curious. And when I when I, I see something and something happens, I just want to dive into it and know more. And, you know, I'd, I'd gone back and I would spoke to my spiritual to teacher and explained the situation and a few other events were happening at the same time. And then we decided to move to. Um, New Zealand and a few of my friends at the time we'd been looking into kind of like you know 2012 the end of the Mayan calendar all this sort of stuff and we thought the world that the world's going to change the tectonic plates are going to shift and we thought the safest place is New Zealand we got this map off the internet and it was from a, a company called the Matrix Institute in America and they had like these future maps of the world yep. and what happened we'd gone to this little talk in a place called Basingstoke just outside London and you know we were curious we were just trying to find all this information out and we went to this talk me and my two pals and we're sat in this little old bungalow and this guy's giving a talk on 2012 and what's going to happen and all this stuff and i asked him a question and it was a little bit contradictory and he stopped and he looked at me and his face disappeared and there was a green lizard looking at me and on i was like what 
the heck is going on, man? <laughs> like on the inside, I was like melting. You know, I was like, what the fuck? Like on the outside, I'm trying to look cool as a cucumber. Like nothing's phasing me. <laughs> And this thing's just looking at me and it held my stare for maybe five or six seconds, which seemed like a lifetime. And then it just disappeared and his face came back. And, you know, we sat there for the talk, you know, during the rest of the night. And when we actually got home, a friend, uh, uh, I saw this kind of like, um, like old man in my head when I was in the shower. And it was the first kind of spirit guide that I met a guy called James. And he told me that this man was trying to psychically attack us. And that kind of like led to a, another chain of events. But we were looking into this kind of end, end of the 2012 and the Mayan calendar. And we ended up moving to New Zealand because of it. Mm-hmm. Now, when I got to New Zealand, we ended up setting up a, a mixed martial arts gym and, um, you know, training a lot of the kind of like you know, overweight Marys and, you know, people in, in those kind of social circles, as well as kind of fighters and things like that, and really helping people. And this was kind of a big thing in my life too, because it started me helping people, Yeah, good. you know, and, and, and that was in, an, an important part of my journey. But mm-hmm. when we got to New Zealand, a friend of mine had a, a car accident and her partner phoned up and asked if I could help. And I was like, why am I going to help? I'm in New Zealand. You know, she's in French hospital in, in, in Bristol in England. Um, but my, my intuition was like, just go and lie on the bed and get some crystals. So I thought, okay, I'll get some crystals. I'll go and lie on the bed. So I got crystals, put them on my energy centers, laid on the bed. And all of a sudden I was in a hospital room and all this light starts pouring out of my hand. And I'm like, okay, I just kind of knew what to do. I started putting her body back together. Hmm. And I did this every day for a couple of weeks. And the doctors had said to her, you're, you know, you may never walk again. You're going to be in hospital for at least a year, but she walked out on a Zimmer frame in 12 weeks. And I thought to myself, you know, did I do something? Didn't I do something? Is this just my crazy imagination? But when she came out of hospital, she phoned me up and she said, Jerry, I woke up one night, looked at the side of my bed and said, what are you doing here? And I was like, you saw me in your hospital room, exactly where I'd imagined myself. So then I started to realize that, you know, imagination, like is so much more than, you know, what we've been taught at school. You know, we were taught it's something you make up in your head, but actually it's something that's actually taking place in the quantum, you mm-hmm. know, and when your energy and your emotion, everything's infused with it, you're actually creating in the invisible field, which has verifiable physical results, you know, in the real world. So th- this kind of woke me up and kind of got me even more curious. And at the same time, I met this old guy and uh, his name was Michael, funny enough. And he taught me how to meditate. I'd never meditated up until this point in my life. And he said, Jerry, you got to start meditating, man. And he had this kind of copper pyramid in his garden. So I used to go around there every afternoon as soon as I finished at the gym and sit in this pyramid. He used to put a chair in it and he taught me how to meditate with my eyes open. And I had some crazy experiences in there. Um, two of them were really important. The, the first one, I was meditating and I looked down and my, my feet turned to balls of fire. There was flames coming off my feet. And I looked up and Jesus was there. And he, he looked at me and he said, Jerry, you can walk wherever you want to go in your life. Don't be scared. And I was like, okay, <laughs> you know, whatever. Like, I'm just you know, kind of there looking at me. And then he turned and he kind of walked up these steps that appeared in the garden. So I followed him and we went up the steps and we we're in the last supper and we're sitting around this table and I was Matthew and there was loads of other people. There was food and all this stuff. And I looked out the window and there's a massive spacecraft. And they were kind of showing me that extraterrestrials have been around for a long time. And I stayed for a little while, then got up, walked out, 
back down the steps, back down into the pyramids. And that kind of experience was that experience. And then a couple of weeks later, I'm sat there again, meditating and a little spacecraft lands in the garden. And I've looked over and there's this blue being inside of it. And I got, got up out of the chair, like my consciousness came out of my body, which is something that I was taught to do by my first spiritual teacher in England. Nice. So I brought my light out of my body, went and got into the craft and we flew through this tunnel for maybe four or five seconds, came out the other side and we're above ocean. And then there's a beach like just over in front. So I got out of this craft, walked up and there was 200 of these blue beings and they were Lyrans. And we we're on Alpha Centauri and I'd never heard of Alpha Centauri, didn't know anything. I'd never heard of Lyrans, didn't really know much about extraterrestrials. But all this information just started coming to me as I was walking up the beach. And then they gave me a hug. And that was it. As soon as they hugged me, I felt this like overwhelming, um, like love that was just this so, such a pure love mm -hmm. that I've never been able to kind of like, like you can't even describe it. It's beyond human love. And it just felt incredible. And it felt like I'd arrived home. Like I was with my brothers and sisters and this is where I belonged. And the, 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 we kind of stayed on the beach for, I don't know, maybe five, 10 minutes. That's what it seemed like. Then they kind of cleared a pathway and I followed one of them up the beach and through this kind of like jungle area. And we went to this like pyramid building that was made of light. They took me into it. I knelt down on the floor and they introduced me to this kind of like chief or this elder. And they gave me this download of light into my crown chakra. It was an orange like download with all of this code in it. And it wasn't like the geometry that you see in the textbooks here of this. It was this fluid, moving, ever-changing code. And it was streaming into my crown. And I don't know how long it went on for. It could have been seconds. It could have been hours. I don't actually know. But then it finished. And they kind of picked me up underneath my arms and frog marched me back to the spacecraft, stuck me inside. We flew back through the tunnel. I got out of the craft, went back into the pyramid. And that was it. And then I'm thinking, what's next? What's next? You know, and, and nothing, nothing happens. Like that was it. I was working at the gym. We were doing our training. And then one day I wake up and I'm like, we've got to go back to England. So I said to Laura and the kids, we've got to go back to England. And, and they looked at me like, dad, you're crazy. She looks at me like I'm nuts. We've just got to New Zealand. We spent a couple of years building this business. I was on TV doing all these workouts for people at home on these morning shows. And we were just flying. But mm. I was like, sod it we gotta go back to england we need to leave this stuff i don't know why we've just got to go back mm -hmm. so after me badgering them for a few weeks we put a manager in charge at the gym put all our stuff in storage packed our bags and flew back to england and then that's when things started to really go into overdrive i was out running one morning it's a sunday morning i'm running through through cheltenham where we live and i see some fairies flying around a tree and I stop and I'm just looking at it thinking, man, this is, I'm seeing fairies now. This is crazy. <laughs> and then this angel comes down and he says, my name's Archangel Gabriel. He said, you need to write a book. I said, okay, what's it called? He said, into the light. I said, what's it about? He said, your life story. I said, okay, cool. I legged it home, opened up my laptop and just started writing. Wow. And, and the book just came out of me in four weeks. So I published the book and then I realized that it wasn't actually it wasn't really about writing the book. It was what was happening to me whilst I was writing the book because something was changing within me. I was downloading these codes and channeling this information and, and these beings were working through me. Now, as soon as I finished writing the book, I started seeing code everywhere. Mm. And it was the same code that I that got downloaded into my uh 
you know, crayon on this on Alpha Centauri, you know, a couple of years before. Mm-hmm. So and 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 like now when I look at you, like on the laptop, for example, it's everywhere. Like it just doesn't go. It used to really do my head in because it was annoying, but now I've kind of got used to it. Mm-hmm. But I was saying to my guys, like, what am I supposed to do with this stuff? You know, like all this stuff's happening, but what's the point of it all? And they just said, you've got to meditate more. So my son, Josh, he was about seven at the time. So me and him used to get up every morning about five o'clock and we'd meditate for two hours. And we used to go through these tunnels into these mystery schools underneath the pyramids. Mm-hmm. And we were sat in these classrooms and I'd look around and we we're on the, like these old wooden desks like you used to get at school when you were a kid. And there was loads of other humans in there from all over the world. Like every day we went in there, there was different people. And um, I looked up and there was this kind of like man with these scrolls and he was opening the scrolls and on the scrolls were codes. And it was the same codes I was seeing in the space, the same codes that got downloaded. And we went every day for two hours for about nine months. And they were showing us how to heal people using these codes. Wow. And when we were underneath the pyramids, they showed us other things, these healing chambers, um, spaceships, um, like stargates and portals to other planets, city, all sorts of different things. So after class each day, Josh and I, we'd go and fly spaceships. We'd go and look around these kind of like, you know, cities and meet these different beings. And it was amazing. So we had this experience. And then after nine months, people just started coming into my life that needed healing. And I was thought, let me just see if this stuff actually works. So I was trying it and it was working. I thought, right, you know, maybe I can earn some money out of this stuff and actually turn it into a business. So what I did is I booked a, a spot at a local spiritual exhibition, like a mind, body, spirit thing. Mm-hmm. And there was no star magic at the time. Uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't know what to call this stuff. So I just put energy healing on these flyers. I published my book uh, into the light. So we went along and um, I, I had these kind of forms made up. And I said, right, you know, if you put your name down at the end of the weekend, I'm going to draw three names out of the hat. And, and those three names are going to get a free healing from me. So what happened is 70 people put their name down and I phoned every single one and said, you've won just so I could practice. <laughs> um, I phoned them all up, gave them healing sessions and and people were loving it and getting really good results. So they referred people and blah, blah, blah. It started to expand. And then when I was in the the pyramids, um, they they gave me this symbol that meant healing magic. And I'd obviously been up to the stars and met these kind of like, you know, Lyran beings. And so that's where the name Star Magic came from. So I thought, right, I'm going to call it Star Magic. I'm going to set up a website. What I did is I drove around England to loads of these people's houses that I'd given healings to and got video testimonials so I could create the website and have some social proof. And um, that's when Star Magic was born. And then once we'd started it, the same blue Lyran that picked me up in the spacecraft came and visited me in England. And I was sat there on a hill meditating and I saw all these orange lights and the whole town disappeared. And I saw the Christ consciousness grid of the planet. And this being's name is Derekwai. And he said to me, you know, you need to build healing centers. That's what these lights are that you can see. Wow. Great. I said, okay. So if I build them, who's going to run them? I said, I can't do it on my own. He said, well, you've got to, you've got to train people. So I thought, okay, just like when I went and wrote the book for, for Into the Light, I thought I'll, I'll run home and, and design this training program. So I, I, I designed the training program, put it up online. And I think this was like in August and we did the first training the following February and people turned up from all over the world. And I was like, this is nuts. I remember sat there at the start of the first training, looking at people from Australia and America and Dubai and Egypt and different places and thinking, 
what the fuck are you all doing here? I, you know, <laughs> this is just me. Like, you know, why have you all come? But it's just kind of expanded from there. And, and now we're buying land in different locations and we're, we're speaking to architects and we're in the process of, and this stuff's coming into fruition. Mm. And I don't know really how it's all happened. I've just kind of just, this sparks lit up inside of me and I've just been kind of following the guidance from these blue beings and it's all just working. You know, and, and, and this is where we are today. You know, we've trained thousands in a variety of different countries. We've got an academy. We've got a whole training program. And, yeah, it's just gone really, really well. Um, I've written a, a book called Star Magic Heal the Universe, um, another one called Healing with Light Frequencies. Um, I've just finished a new one called Be Superhuman, a Living and Thriving in 5D, which has just gone to the publishers. And, yeah, I mean, it's just expanding and expanding and, and the tribe's growing and, I get to to meet amazing people like you and just you know just connect. It's yeah. absolutely amazing. So I I, lo I love how you just you just put it out there. A lot of people that ha would have maybe one of those experiences that you had, they were like, "Well, I don't know if people believe this. You don't care. You're just like like me. You're just putting it out there. You know, it's it's beyond that now. So uh, your your stuff is absolutely incredible. What a unbelievable story. I, I I can't wait to like you know delve deeper into your stuff. So on your site, you say, are you ready to live at a, at a level way beyond extraordinary? Tell us a little bit about that. Well, you know, for me, there's no limits. You know, there's no, there is no limitations and it doesn't matter where you're at in your life. Like you can go to the next level. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you truly kind of like you connect with your own being and you kind of like go past those belief systems into that space of like internal knowing, you know, know thyself and connect with that truth and that oneness. You realize that you can just keep pushing and expanding and pushing and expanding. And you might plateau for a while, but then you're going to reach another mountain and you're going to climb again. And the potential is just endless. And, you know, I see people that we've trained. I see it within myself. I mean, I'm a drug addict, drug smuggler from the streets. And, and, and now, um, you know, we're removing diseases from people at distance, you know, and, and, and I mean, how does that happen? You know, there, there's people that I see that come to our trainings that can move things with their minds. There's, you know, there's all sorts of different things that, that people can do. And, and, and there are no limitations. I mean, me, I want to be able to teleport and, you know, all of these kind of like five, six D abilities that we all possess inside of our DNA. And um, yeah, I, 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 I just want to kind of show people that they've got that potential inside of them, allow them to step onto that path and then be their own leaders and realize that there's no ceiling to, to, to this life and just to keep, keep going and keep expanding and keep exploring and to realize that the exploration isn't an external exploration. It's actually an, an internal one. You know, it's diving into your heart and realizing that you can mine gold, you can mine diamonds, you can mine emeralds, you can mine the truth inside your heart. And, and this is the place you got to go internal, you know? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. It's, uh, it's something that I, you know, we, we spoke briefly before we, you know, started the show and, uh, you talked about how, you know, you've been in the criminal land and, uh, they did a, uh, survey one time, psychologists came in and, and looked at Navy SEALs and, uh, did psychological screenings, uh, on several of us. And they came to the conclusion, if you guys weren't Navy SEALs, you'd be criminals. <laughs> so, you know, in, in some ways I identify with what you're talking about, because I feel like I've, in, in some ways I've been, you know, down the same roads that you have uh, in a different way. Uh, so, you know, all the training that I've been through, uh, it opened up doors for me. So 
being in the criminal criminal world, you know, sometimes it opens up. So people say, oh, he's you know, criminal, it's dark and stuff like that. You have to know both sides. You have to know the dark like I have in combat. I've seen the dark uh, and you need to know the light. So both of us know the dark and the light. And uh, from that, we we've learned to uh, share that with other people. So your your training sounds like uh, found fantastic. Uh, I've had, uh, you know, some sessions with with Christ as well. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, some of the some of the major uh, sessions. You're like Archangel Gabriel. You know, I've I had him come through and help me write a book as well. So that's that's amazing. We've had similar experiences. Yeah, I mean, you know, what I feel is that that the extremities of darkness that you go to, yeah, kind of catapult you to the extremities of light on the other side. And even though it kind of catapults you to that kind of extremity of light on the other side, I think what's important is, is, is balancing the two mm-hmm. and actually owning your darkness and owning your light and bringing it into equilibrium mm-hmm. and, and becoming a master of dark and light. Mm-hmm. Because those that kind of like wallow in the darkness, they never, they're never truly powerful. And those that are kind of, you know, wanting to be in sunshine and rainbows and, and peace and love all the time, they're never truly powerful. But when you blend the two and you can balance the two and own the two, that's when you become formidable. So I feel that, you know, like, you know, your experience, you know, in, in combat and all that sort of stuff, my, my kind of experience in, in the worlds that I've walked in, this is what, what it does to people. Mm-hmm. Those people that go, you know, whatever it is that happens in your life, it could be some kind of abuse, it could be whatever, but, you know, go into those deep, dark, disgusting places, you know, they, they, they either literally make you or break you, you know, and if they, if they break you, you can stay broken. But if you can own that space, you can use it as the most incredible platform to build from. And if you can build out from that kind of womb of darkness, you know, that the universe is your oyster, you know? Absolutely. So that's, uh, that's, that's beautiful. I know, but you know, you said you ran before you uh, started the show. I was out, I was working out at the gym before I came. So, you know, we, we have similar, uh, you know, patterns because when I'm working out, I, I go to that place, you know, I have these creative uh, moments and so forth and so forth. I go in the nature. I have these creative moments. Now you, you've actually uh, done a lot of travel lately. Can you tell us a little bit, uh, you know, in your travels because you're meeting people from all over the world as well. What, what are you seeing right now? I think this is one of those moments in time where kind of like where we're talking about, you don't have to go down these dark roads like we have. You're, you're experiencing them right now. So what, what do you think uh, is going on right now? Oh, boy. It's a big topic, this, isn't it? You know? <laughs> I mean, uh, like, we, yeah, we have traveled extensively. Like the last sort of like 18 months, we've not traveled as much. We've been doing a lot of online stuff. But I mean, literally last three weeks i've been traveling we went to madeira um we bought a a big property over there where we're building a healing center and we actually went there to open the portal we opened the portal underneath the land to to bring some really powerful energies through um and i also had to kind of go and do a deal with um the the president over there on on to open a public road into our land so we got all of that stuff done but i mean the, the travel situation like going over there i mean you know I'm not one of these people that kind of likes the rules and the regulations, you know, I'm sure you're not, you're, you're kind of the same. (laughs) So like, like getting there and back was um, in a way it was like committing a crime, you know, like, because I didn't abide by any of the rules, but I still got there and back. So, you know, things like PCR tests and all this sort of stuff, you got to get a little bit creative and and, and find your way, you know, and do what you got to do to, 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 to pass the test as such and jump through the hoops without doing what they want you to do. So, Mm-hmm. I managed to pull all of that off. 
and um, get there and back, which was cool. But, you know, I mean, here in the UK, like, um, you know, it's pretty kind of lax in a way, like they're trying many things and loads of people have been vaccinated and all this sort of stuff. But, you know, the mask situation, I mean, it's kind of lax, but going over to Madeira, it's a million times worse. Like, you know, we couldn't even go into a shop to get a bottle of water without one of these things on. So I ended up, you know, making up some documentation to say that extreme PTSD and all these different things and get a doctor's note just to be able to get into the shop. I mean, it's completely an utterly bonkers. You know, I wanted to go for, for a haircut whilst I was there. You know, well, you've got well done. all this documentation. Definitely Navy SEAL material. <laughs> That's wild, man. But I mean, you know, I, I see this global situation, um, you know, from a number of different perspectives. I mean, on one hand, we've got to go through this. And, and like, I, I see us as a species exactly where we need to be. And we've got an opportunity to, to, to correct something we didn't do before. And if you go back to like down the timelines to Atlantis, yeah. we've been here before. We've had this opportunity to run down this materialism, you know, low vibrational, you know, vampiric, like dark agenda timeline, mm. or, you know, step into 5D and raise the vibration and, and, and choose love over fear. And, you know, we're, we're right on that precipice again. Mm. But if you look around the world, like consciousness is expanding and, and people are waking up and with technology and the internet and all this sort of stuff, it's just growing like wildfire. So, you know, we're, we're at a kind of a pivotal point, you know, we can either, we can go one way or the other. And, and, and what I feel is that the timelines are going to split and you're going to have some people that, that dive down the, the low vibrational timeline and some people that take the other route, the one that we're on. And it is a choice. Yeah, totally. And it's a beautiful thing that's happening, you know, and, and, and for a lot of people that are caught up in the mayhem and the chaos of the news and the media and, and what they're seeing on face value. I mean, you know, it's tough for people, but if you can just kind of step back and, and rise above it, like an eagle above the storm, you know, you can look down and think, you know, this is just crazy. It's quite fun. Actually, look at all these people running around and, you know, <laughs> you know shitting themselves or you know worried about this and that and the banks collapsing and all this sort of stuff who cares you know if it, it's all just going to happen the way that it's going to happen and all we've got to do is just be strong in our own field strong in our own energy strong in our own truth and everything will be okay you know pr prepare for the worst expect the best and you know you'll find some kind of middle road absolutely hello everyone i'm michael jacob Join me on Unleashing Intuition Secrets, the podcast, where we'll uncover the hidden parts of our human potential and propel you to new heights of existence and consciousness realms. As a former Navy SEAL for 24 years and CIA security officer for 11, I've been involved in aggressive combat training and operated in combat zones for well over 35 years. From Panama, Kuwait, Iraq, Afghanistan, Pakistan, Yemen, Libya, and Lebanon, I have honed my leadership, tactical, combat skills, and knowledge expertise to a master level. As a little boy, five years old, I wanted to be a Navy SEAL after watching the movie Navy Frogmen. I also looked at the movies and read the books of Ian Fleming, 007, James Bond. I wanted to be that when I grew up. And I was always inspired by entrepreneurs that helped humanity and brought about great change that furthered the consciousness and abilities of humankind to master levels. I always wanted to do that. 
The first two I did to an extraordinary level. And now today, as an entrepreneur and speaker, reaching millions all over the world, now I'm sharing the information that really propelled me. When I was a chief enlisted officer, I motivated, led, trained, and provided inspiration and insight to officers of all ranks, all the way up to flag level and even the Secretary of Defense for the United States. With my operational background, planning, master training, and course design abilities, I have trained thousands and thousands of military and law enforcement personnel, and now I inspire and train millions throughout the world with my intuitive insights into the workings of the human mind. I and many listening to this message are living proof that each of us have amazing potentials far beyond what most consider possible. For me, the impossible is what I strive to always master and excel at. And as a Navy SEAL and in the CIA and combat zones, I did the impossible over and over and over again. And now I want to help you do the same. Tune in to Unleashing Intuition Secrets, the podcast, and join the growing tribe as I show you how to unleash your own hidden potential. So it sounds like you, you've made some uh, nice connections with uh, past lifetimes. Going back into uh, Atlantis and uh, Egypt and stuff and so forth, what, what do you see from your past lifetimes? How, how do they blend into what's going on right now? Well, I've been into so many of my past lives, bro. Like when I first started this journey, uh, I'm, I've probably been into like four or 500 just human realities of mine. Wow. Um, I mean, I, you know, I've had so many experiences. Like um, I've had some really dark past lives. You know, it, my, my, my last incarnation, I was actually a German soldier and um, I was in the Second World War. <clears throat> and I, 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 when I went back into this past life, I was in a house and there was some 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 people there like there's a a man a woman a couple of kids and a german soldier was about to execute them one of my comrades and i couldn't let it happen so i shot him and saved the people and um if i go back to my incarnation before that i was actually a devil worshiper i was working in some real dark fields and if you go back through my last several incarnations i've murdered and killed in all of them And this is the first one that I've not actually done it in several incarnations. I've been close so many times. So for me, this has been a lifetime where I've had to dig real deep and and break all of those kind of past contracts that I've I've carried into this lifetime to be able to be, you know, to, to be a warrior of light, but actually bring all of those attributes because they've served me so well. You know, that kind of lion attitude, that fierce attitude, that don't fuck with me attitude, you know, bring all of that stuff into a positive light and use it to drive forwards and, you know, inspire other people to do the same. So I think, you know, right now on planet Earth, it's uh, it's a time where people there's a lot of fierce warriors on this planet. And I think it's a time for the masculine and the feminine to rise, but for the masculine to rise in that kind of way that they're protecting the feminine, you know, because the, the masculine have, for, for many, many years have put the feminine down. Right. 
you know, and abuse the feminine. And, and actually the, the goddess power, the, the, the feminine power is where the real magic is. But at the same time, it's about that masculine energy supporting that feminine frequency. And I feel like what I've managed to master in this lifetime, but still working on, you know, 100% still working on, is that I've brought that kind of like darkness and that fierceness to the surface, blended it with, with, with the feminine, which I'd buried for so many lifetimes and managed to create some kind of balance and order and, and this is now what i'm i'm portraying through star magic and 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 sending out through our healing modality through our meditations and everything and encouraging other people to, to let their feminine fierce energy rise that lioness rise within the women and the men and also the masculine to rise in the men and the women too and to create that balance and harmony uh, and i feel that you know just coming back to the atlantis situation and it's not just Atlantis, but it's happened if you go further back down the timelines to Lemuria, you go back into our galactic incarnations. We've had so many battles through galactic wars and there's been so many times when the dark has won. Right. But we're bringing all of that experience because it's encoded in our DNA and we're remembering this stuff as we're journeying into our cosmic hearts and we're like, it's not happening this time around. It's just not happening. I'm not taking the shit this time. This is my last time on planet Earth. I'm not coming back down again, but I'll stay here for another 100, 150 years if I have to until the job is done. And I'm not backing down this time. You know, and this is kind of like what, how, how I feel and most of the people in our tribe feel. And, you know, I see a lot of warriors coming to the surface like yourself, me. There's loads of men and women that are bringing this kind of fierce lion, lioness attitudes into the spiritual world. And it's not all just fluffy sunshine and rainbows and beauty and love. It's, you know, there's depth to it. There's substance to it. And um, it's not, not, not always easy, you know? Hmm. Yeah, I, I've seen. Uh, in I thought I would appeal more to men, but I've seen actually 70% of my, you know, people that I work with are women. So women are very uh, tapped into uh, developing their um, warrior side. And uh, like you're talking about the depth that a lot of people are going into right now is, is for me, it's mind blowing. Uh, Cause I thought that, you know, most of humanity was going to go on that other timeline that you were talking about, but it looks like most of humanity is going on the positive timeline. And uh, so what, what do you see going forward as far as, uh, you know, this, this golden age that we, you know, we see, and I totally agree with you. I feel like I'm going to be here 150 years, but this is my last time. <laughs> so hundred percent, man. I mean, I, I wrote that. I wrote an into the light. I'm going to be here till I'm 250, you know, and, and it's something inside of me that firmly believes like, you know, mm -hmm. that this is just what's going to happen. I mean, technology's changing you know we're we're changing the the light body structure the energetic biostructure within our physical mental emotional and spiritual bodies so i i truly feel we're getting younger yeah. you know we're not getting older i mean every time i go to the gym i'm smashing it more and more i feel me like too. you know there's, yeah. there's just more like coming out of me yeah. you know um but like coming back to what you were just saying about like the the, the women you know like for me the women and the kids this is where it's at the women yeah. and the children Good. You know, the, the reason that we want to build these healing centers is twofold. Number one, we want to build a grid structure around the planet to bring these extraterrestrial light frequencies safely to planet Earth so people can harness them and, and expand at a safe level. Because if they come in too quick, people's consciousness is going to be blown wide open and they're not going to be able to handle it. 
The second reason that we want to build these, these healing centers is to create a foundation and a platform for the children, because you've got these star kids coming down at the moment and they are just phenomenal. They got a completely different light body structure. Uh, they don't have all of these kind of energy centers like some of us, you know, older men and women have. They just have a great big heart. Their, their whole energetic field is differently and they're carrying some serious, like potent off planet knowledge. But what we have to do as adults is is create these safe havens and these platforms and these spaces where they can come and just be creative and free and show us how to run this world so like what i see moving forwards is you have you know these these women lioness women that are fierce you know women that protect their cubs you know and they just don't give a fuck they just they're so powerful and so focused disciplined and determined and at the same time knowledgeable and wise and full of love but they're there to protect their kids and we as as, as men as warriors are there just to to create this haven so the the children, the cubs, the, the women, the lionesses, they can do their thing and show us how to run this thing because men haven't done a very good job, you know, over the, the, the last centuries. You know, it's been full of ego and all this sort of stuff. And I know that's changing. Right. But I still feel that the, the domination in a positive way, the domination and the teachings and the knowledge and the wisdom is going to come through 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 the, the star children, you know, nurtured by their mothers, the women, the lionesses. And we're there to kind of hold fort, hold space and, and, and just, you know, enable it to take place. You know, and I, I see us moving into this this beautiful space where, you know, we we go back to, you know, bartering and, and and sharing and exchanging you know and, and and you know whatever kind of monetary system or whatever is in place i don't know but I, I don't see it being in place for a long time i see going back to you know swap your potatoes for some vegetables come to come to my house i'll give you a healing i'll come to yours next week you give me a massage you know and we just kind of work it like that and you know the technology is is amped up and we get to to, to travel and you know at very fast speeds and yeah, the whole world is just going to be a different place and, and we're going to come together and unify. And I feel there's not going to be, you know, this this crazy, archaic human language. You know, we're like bumblebees and insects. We're going to vibrate and communicate on a different level, you know, a level of feeling and knowing. Um, there's going to be no lies. There's going to be no corruption because we're going to be able to hear everybody's thoughts, everybody's feelings. And, you know, we're going to be t t telepathic. I mean, it's already starting to happen you know, massively starting to happen. And uh, the whole world's just changing, you know, the whole platform. And I think we've got, a, a, you know, a bit of shit to go through first. I think we've got a little bit of chaos. I think it's, it might get a little bit worse for a, little, for a while, but, you know, we're going to grow from that, mm -hmm. you know? I'm seeing it. Yeah, I'm seeing the same thing. That's uh, that's fantastic. Now, I, I work with some uh, people and had them on the show where they talked about uh, he the Healy system. Uh, you want to talk about that at all or you want to leave that on a on a different platform maybe yeah i mean i actually bought one of those healies mm -hmm. and um uh, th there was a real particular reason i bought it mm -hmm. and um like with star magic we're into codes so everything that we do we create a piece of code so like if you look at the, the whole universe it's made up of mathematics you know whether it's a laptop whether it's a human body whether it's a flower whether it's a tree a whale a dolphin whatever it's made up of code it's made up of geometry and everything is an equation and 
if someone comes to me and they say, right, Jerry, you know, I've got diverticulitis, you know, I've got a bad elbow, I've got eyesight issues, whatever it is. What I do is I tap into the code that created that physical symptom. So I change it on a, on a deeper level. And as you change and you change the kind of computer program, just like going into the back end of a, a website, you change the code and the front end changes from blue to yellow. That's what you can do within a human body's, you know, uh, biostructure, because the physical body is just literally a, a biological computer. So you go into the back end, you change the code. Now, whether someone needs to change or shift a particular thing in their life, whether whether it's a disease, whether they want abundance, whether they need, they've got confidence issues, we create codes for all these different things. So, you know, the code for confidence for us is HF6. So if, if we if we download HF6 into someone, they're going to get confident because we're going to change the program. So it's very simple. And, and the reason that I got the Healy is because I wanted to get all of these codes that we've got and stick them into the Healy. So I could just carry this little box around. And then if someone needed something, I could go beep, 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 and just fire it off and, and, and make my job more efficient. But what, what actually happened is I got the Healy and um, I then had like three or four weeks of training online, like 13 hours a day. And I didn't get a chance to kind of like connect with uh, Dawn, the lady that, that sold it to me and actually understand how to do this properly. But this is something that I'm going to do over the next few weeks and, 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 and start plugging and programming my codes into it. But yeah, I mean, it seems like an awesome piece of equipment. What I did do when I was on the training is I sat there with it strapped to my wrists 13 hours a day, just running all these different programs on my body. And um, it works. It's cool. Yeah. I mean, it does the same thing that we do with our healing. Mm -hmm. um, so for people that don't really understand like the spiritual arts and that sort of thing, it's kind of like a cheat. Um, you know, personally, I prefer to use the, the manual way of connecting and interfacing, you know, physical body to physical body and using my own kind of awareness because, you know, I'm tapped in and I'm seeing what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, if you're a beginner, the Healy is definitely a really cool thing. Right. If you're advanced, the Healy is a really good thing to put your codes in, and that into to make your job. Uh, you can amplify your own kind of job, you know, and your own kind of workspace. So, I mean, there's just so many things you can do with it. Um, but I haven't actually kind of got to grips and learned exactly how it works yet, but I'm going to. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm on the same sheet of music. Yeah, I'd love to uh, go deeper with it. So quantum level healing, you're, you're definitely tapped into the quantum level of consciousness. And uh, I feel that, you know, that's where we're going right now. It's uh, it's very scientific, but also spiritual at the same time. How, how do you describe that to uh, people? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, kind of like I just said, like uh, it's, 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 it's I, I refer it all to, it's, it's, it's like a, a computer system. You know, it's the only way to look at it. Your body is a biological computer. I mean, just to give you an example, um, you know, five weeks ago, we did a level two training online and there was a lady from, from Australia, Australia or New Zealand, I think Australia, uh, and a lady called Mary. And um, Mary only had one lung. So she said, you know, Jerry, will you help me out with this? I said, yeah, cool. So uh, what, what we always do when we tap in is we kind of, you know, interface. I mean, Mary's physical body is an interface. Jerry, my physical body is an interface. So we link the two interfaces up. And I always ask the same question. Please show me something I don't know to help me facilitate the healing of this incredible human being. And I always ask that question, show me something I don't know, because I'm not interested in what I do know. I want to go into the unknown because the unknown is where the answers are. Yeah. So 
when I went into to, to look at Mary, we, we found a lifetime where she was a man and certain things had happened. So what I did is I brought that soul, that, that piece of her soul that, that was still experiencing that into healing. I then got her lung that wasn't working and I took it out from her body. I then created a brand new lung um, in the quantum field. And then I got this quantum lung and put it into her body and then entangled the lung with the rest of her kind of like uh, biology. And um, up until that point, she she couldn't run for five meters. She couldn't walk up the stairs without panting. And now, well, about three weeks ago, I did a, a test. She did, came on, on Zoom with me and did a testimonial. And she was running a thousand meters then. And she was like walking, you know, for hours up hills. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we agreed three weeks ago on that Zoom call that we're going to do a marathon together in the next year. She's going to pick a location in the world where there's a marathon going on and we're going to go and run it together. So by spending 15 minutes in that space with her online through through a Zoom meeting, you know, I was able to give her a new lung. Mm. I mean, how is that possible? Yep. You know, it, it seems a little bit crazy. I mean, I was in, in Los Angeles a couple of years ago and, and, and a, a woman and her daughter came to the stand at the Conscious Life Expo. And she said, I've had my gallbladder removed. I'm getting loads of acid reflux. It's, it's, it's really debilitating my life. So I said, sit down. And what I did is I took her soul up onto a, a Pleiadian spacecraft and we gave her a brand new gallbladder, brought her back down, put her light body into a physical body and everything was fine. Her whole body started working correctly. And this was with a quantum gallbladder. So it goes to show that everything physical really has a foundation in the quantum. And if you can entangle someone's physical body, quantum body, but, you know, a light body with what it is that you're creating in the invisible fields, it has a physical, verifiable um, response. And, and what actually happens in, in, in the quantum takes place in the physical too. So, I mean... We, we've done some amazing things. I mean, you know, we, we were removing a lot of cancer from people and we still are. I mean, the cancer charities came after me and arrested me two years ago. I've got a knock at the front door, you know, Mr. Sergeant, you know, blah, blah, blah. And uh, they told me it was trading standards. So I got a private investigator in and um, yeah, they, they did some research and saw the cancer charities were taking me to court. So I went through a two year court battle with that. But, you know, that for me just shows that we're doing a good job, but you know, removing cancer is just the same as removing a headache. I don't see any of them as worse or or, or harder or, or anything. They're just physical symptoms, and the body itself literally is a communication device, and it's letting us know when something's going on. So if someone's got an issue with the liver, it's to do with guilt, anger. The back of the neck is to do with rigidity. You know, the heart is love. I mean, everything means something. So when you know how to read the body, you've got a starting point, and then you just go into the to the invisible field. You tap the computer code and you rewrite the program and then it you know it it takes place in the physical sometimes immediately sometimes after days sometimes it might take one or two sessions it just depends so you you've been uh featured on uh some pretty uh unusual places like gq bbc radio health and fitness uh mind body spirit so these are really upscale uh you know i guess we could say uh the analytical world so the analytical world is uh, seems to be opening up to uh, this information. What what have you seen with that? It's pretty impressive what you've done. 
Um, it's interesting, actually. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, like the BBC. I don't think they'll ever have me back on there again. I mean, I, I, I did a radio interview with the BBC a couple of years back, mm. and um, you know, they were talking about healing and all this sort of stuff. But they asked me before I went on on uh, the show. They said to me, um, you know, who is like one of your heroes? And I said Bob Marley. Uh, and they said, okay, would you like us to play a Bob Marley song? I said, yeah, definitely. They said, what do you want us to play? I said, emancipate yourself from mental slavery. So anyway, they, they, it came to like half time on the radio show. It was a Sunday morning and they played the song. And then afterwards they said to me, you know, why do you like Bob Marley? Like, why is he your hero? I said, well, you know, he, he started to change the world through love. You know, and, and he actually became a threat, you know, to the system, but he didn't give a shit. He kept going and he kept going to his concerts. And I said, in the end, he was killed by the CIA. You know, he was murdered. They gave him cancer. And and, and that just blew, that, that blew the whole show up. Like I could see that they were talking <laughs> to the lady on her ear, please get him off, shut him up, shut him up. And it um, came out. <laughs> <laughs> oh mate, yeah, it was. Uh, it, it's been went a little bit pear shaped. Um, so the conversation like took a kind of a different tact, and it was kind of like a, we went head to head really after that point. And, and anyway, I, you know, but you know, even the healing side of things, you know, because they said to me, you know, like, what about cancer in children? I said, well, you know, kids come into this world and, uh, you know, sometimes they bring things from from parallel life experiences. It could be past lives. It could be future lives. And, you know, it could be something that they've done. It could be something karmic. It could be something that they need to heal. And, and they couldn't get their head around the fact that these kids could have done something wrong in a previous incarnation. And they were saying, oh, you're saying that it's their fault they've got cancer. That's how they spun it around and turned it on me. And uh, so any of that kind of got into a debate about that. I mean, you know, the mainstream, I don't know, they understand this stuff, but they just don't want to admit it, you know? Um, and that was a couple of years ago. I mean, I've seen some really positive things in some of these these uh, newspapers now. and But, you know, there's still, you know, the, the mainstream media are controlling the narrative still on a big scale. But sure. there are kind of things seeping through the cat cracks i mean things like gq and that i mean i did some kind of positive articles on meditation and things like mm -hmm. that and yeah they were really open to it um but yeah i mean you know different kind of media streams have had different responses to me i don't really pull any punches i just say it as it is if you ask me a question i'm just going to tell you what's in my heart and if you don't like it then that's your problem so some people yeah. like it some people don't you know <laughs> that's fabulous so you're uh your healing centers, that, that sounds fabulous. I, I look forward to uh, meeting you and uh, going to one of your healing centers in the future. How, how are they working? Uh, do people come to them and uh, they get healings or in your I see you're also uh, creating uh, facilitators. How how does that work? So at the moment, like we've bought some land in Romania and Transylvania. We've got another pass of land in Madeira, which is an island off Portugal. Mm. And we're still in the process of we're, we're actually going through uh, the, the process of designing it at the moment. So we're still probably 18 months to two years away of actually the first one being completed. Mm. We probably would be breaking ground at the moment if it wasn't for all of this kind of COVID situation. But mm. that just kind of put everything to a grind and halt like a year and a half ago. Sure. Um, so we're just we're just in the process now of firing things back up again because people are starting to move. Um, and it was another reason I went to Madeira like these last three weeks. One reason was a holiday, but also to go and see the situation out there to see what it would be like for building. 
And to be honest with you, I'm just not sure at the moment. It's still a little bit kind of like, um, yeah, it's just not flowing enough to be able to get the job done smoothly. So I think probably Romania is going to be our first port of call. It's kind of like a bit kind of like more of, it's like cowboy country out there. You can kind of kind of do what you want, you know. Um, we're right in the middle of the mountains and, you know, the rules are a little bit slack. So we can kind of get over there, do what we need to do and, yeah, kind of manipulate it to make it happen, if you know what I mean. Over in Madeira, it's a little bit stricter and, and that sort of thing. But um, the plan is to to build these healing centers and the people that we're training that are going through our academy at the moment, you know, we'll travel around and work in these healing centers, creating these healing centers. Mm -hmm. But we've got a level one training, a level two and a level three training. And then we've got level four master facilitator training, which is literally where people go out and run a training. And I support them to, to make sure that everything they've done over the first three trainings has paid off. And then they're kind of let loose and they can go and do their own five seven and, and ten day facilitated training experiences mm. so you know we have an academy to take people through that the first training is seven days second training is seven and the third training is ten the first training is is all about showing people how to use star magic to heal themselves other people groups of people mm -hmm. um at distance the second training is is a lot of grid work so it's about the ley line structures on planet and off planet how to tap into the ley line structures the stargates to really amplify your own frequency and um yeah just become a more empowered human it's my favorite training i mean doing the grid work the stargate work is is really where it's at for me you know doing that kind of galactic quantum work you know on, on a big grand scale and helping loads of people you know that's what i love so level two that's the level two training is called um frequency upgrades and then the level three training is through the stargate and that is where we train people how to take groups of people whether it's 10 people or a thousand people on a deep frequency encoded meditation journey through portals to temples mm. to healing spaces you know within our planetary structure or off planet where they can heal where they can upgrade where they can download meet other beings and take their take them there and back safely and there's a whole process and structure to that and uh, once people you know have been through those three trainings they can then, uh, you know, go out and, and, and train other people. So what happens after you've been to level one training, you'll come back uh, and, and do level one training again several times, but for free. But what you've got to do is you've got to do a little piece of the training. So I'll do the training, then you'll jump in and do a few slides. Then you'll jump in and do a few slides later on. Then over a few trainings, you've done the whole presentation. Then you do the same thing on level two and three. And then by the time you get to level four, you'll have done bits of all of the presentation of each of the different the different uh trainings then you can go out and and, and run your own one so this is kind of a process of how we take people through it and get people up to speed that's fantastic so yeah it's it's been an amazing hour that we've spent together how can people reach you if they uh they want to starmagichealing.com is is the best place you'll get access to instagram and youtube and facebook and you know you can contact the team support starmagichealing.com if you've got questions we do loads of kind of free meditations online um we've got a an online membership called infinity you can come and come and check it out free for seven days so get access to all of our meditations light language transmissions yoga routines nutrition like the whole nine yards come and check it out it's free for seven days and you know connect with us on the inside you've got a telegram group um different support networks you can connect with all the tribe members it's really cool so we'd love exactly. to see you there yeah 
I'm, I'm definitely joining. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Jerry, it's been absolutely amazing. It's uh, I'm, I'm so glad we got to talk. And uh, I think everybody's going to really uh, tap into this in a big way that uh, sees this program. So thank you very much for uh, coming in and sharing your information. It's absolutely amazing. Look forward to uh, speaking with you again in the future. Thank you for having me, brother. And, uh, you know, good luck with everything that you're up to and just massive love to you and your family. Same to you. Thanks a lot. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to Unleashing Intuition Secrets, the podcast. Until next time, stay in the love vibration as you continue your journey to become the master of your reality.